Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% LA Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Guessman, coming to you on Thursday, May 14th. Uh, a wonderful Thursday, May 14th, as we get ready for a uh, another week without games, but it feels like it's getting oh so much closer. Uh, perhaps a proposal is in play for Major League Soccer to send all 26 teams to Orlando. We're going to talk about that. The LA Galaxy actually did start individual training today. We have quotes. We may be one of the only places that has quotes. We're going to tell you about that as well. And uh, if you're looking at your calendar right now, you may have noticed it's rivalry week. Um, and I know MLS is certainly playing up the rivalry week. Kevin was saying, hey, did nobody tell them that it was canceled? Um, but no, it's still going on. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that, where the LA Galaxy would be and how much fun that is. Uh, to help me do that, uh, back in the house, looking cooler than ever, Miss Sophie Nicolau. <laughs> Sophie, how's it going? Hey, Josh, how you doing? It feels like my hair's getting longer, hence wearing a hat and trying to cover everything up. And yours, right. my friend, seems to have gotten a little bit shorter since the last time I saw you. What's going I, I on? Just, I, I want to make it clear to everybody that uh, I did not go to the black market and, and get one of the black market barbers that I'm sure that are open. Uh, I gave my wife free reign, Sophie, to cut my hair. Uh, so she got the clippers out and uh, maybe a little military-ish, maybe a little too short up front. But we're going to, you know what, for her first time ever cutting hair, uh, we're going to give her, you know, a solid B plus, I think. A solid B plus. It's passive. I don't have to wear a hat. I was perfectly willing to wear a hat if I needed to, Sophie. You you have a hat. So, I mean, I could have borrowed your hat, but no, we're, we're good. You could. You could. I have lots of fedoras, lots of spares, but I'd give her an A minus. I was going to say there's something kind of stylistic she's done with the sides where the top is short but raised I, I don't know if it was an accident but kudos to the wife yeah i was gonna say you know uh at, at one point uh, whenever we were dating uh her sister uh was was married to somebody who was in the marine corps and so i feel like maybe she was trying to channel a little <laughs> marine corps in this uh having been on base i think i could have fit right in but maybe not with the facial hair maybe that doesn't work but uh but yeah no it was it was good I, and i was yeah i was gonna say uh it's a <laughs> i was i was nervous for a while i had to go outside that was the the best part i'm like we have to do this outside because we're gonna make a mess for sure so we went out back and she's just trimming and trimming and trimming and trimming i'm like oh, so come how's on. it going you didn't have that much hair you didn't have that much did you i you should yeah, I'll, I'll have her i i wish we would have taken a picture but i'll have her text you and she will tell you she goes i didn't realize that you had so much hair that's what she was telling me as she was cutting it she was like oh my god it's so thick i'm like yeah it's thick on the sides <laughs> on the back it's thick it's just at the top that it's a little you know it's thinning so anyway we we survived we survived you're and, and, play and ready you're ready to play midfield you've got the look you've got the vibe it's very street call cool. i'm digging it i'm digging this josh I, I was gonna say people were talking about how like you know you get locked into quarantine sophie and you put on the covid 19 you put on the 19 pounds i think i'm getting closer to the you know covid 25 at this point um something <laughs> Dude, needs to why happen do you think I'm I'm covering everything up, eyes, <laughs> hair. I'm wearing a big baggy shirt. It's just all gone Pete Tong, as we say in England. Oh, it's I, I, all gone Pete Tong wrong. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Uh, it, I've been talking to people, and obviously Sophie and Larry and Kevin and Eric, and yeah, I talk to you guys on a fairly regular basis. At least once a week, we usually have a group text going and see how everybody's doing and try to figure out some stuff to do. Um, but I'm talking to some of the, our other Galaxy friends that are out there as well, just asking everybody's mental state. And I think this week has sort of been the, okay, we'd like to get on with it. We know we can't necessarily get on with it, but we would like to mentally get on with all this stuff. And it's, it, it is a little, it's a little more depressing this week, I think, than it has been. There's been, you know, at first it was sort of frantic and you're scared and you don't know what's happening. And so you had to live through that. And then that you kind of, you kind of, and we talked to Dan Starris, he was on the program and he's like, it almost seems kind of normal now, just in fact of staying home, going to the store, coming back from the store, staying home, not doing much. That felt almost normal for a little while. Uh, and mm -hmm. now that it is normal and that's what we do, it's starting to weigh on us a little bit. I think the, the creative juices on my side are a little stymied. I, I usually like to be out talking to people and, and saying hi. So that's that's a little tough. And it's just I can tell mentally this week has been much more difficult, I think, for everybody. Um, I don't know. You, you feel the same way? No, no, absolutely. And my friends that I talk to as well feel the same. My family, too. This week, I don't know what it is. There's this um, thickness in the air. I, I think, 
you're right, it's half in, half out. We don't quite know what we're doing and what we're allowed to do and what the right thing to do is, but we also want to respect what's happening, but at the same time, get back to some type of normalcy um, work. Uh, you know, there are a lot of us who have been out of work because of the no sports. Um, that's been right. really difficult uh, for, for many, many people. Uh, and, and also for the teams, the league, I mean, it's tricky times. And so, you know, for me and, and in particular, my personal thing this week has been really hard, I think, too, because there's, you know, you, you got into that groove of, oh, you know, you're in a you're in that Christmas period between Christmas and New Year, that two weeks where you're right. hanging out, you know, you're doing your thing. But now it's become a little bit um, where are we going, what we're doing, and you feel like you need a plan in life and something to look forward to and look ahead to. And I think that's the toughest part for everybody that that isn't happening right now. I, I had a really good uh, family friend of mine once say, you know, I, I said, I, I think we were talking one time, and I said, well, it's almost Friday, and he says, don't go live in your whole what life waiting for Fridays to come around. And I always thought that that was at least poignant to some point. At the same time, I very much look forward to Fridays all the time. It's one of the reasons we do this show on Thursday nights is after I'm done with this show, <laughs> Friday comes, and we're like, oh, okay, it's Friday. Oh, okay, next week, ne the next day is Friday. So if you're listening to this, I hope you're having a wonderful Friday. I hope that you are uh, mentally a happy and healthy person. Um, if not, reach out to me. I'll do whatever I can to, to try to make you guys feel a little bit better. But hopefully, Sophie, talking about some Galaxy, talking about some Major League Soccer, will make people feel a little bit uh, better. And I will say Hopefully. that it does feel, does feel just the ever so itsy-bitsy tiny bit maybe optimistic that something could happen. Although I think there's a huge amount of hurdles in the way and it seems <laughs> unlikely. Uh, there's still, it feels like stuff is trying to happen and maybe that brings people... Um, uh, a little bit more uh, something to look forward to maybe maybe possibly there's, I don't want to get I don't want to yeah, hope just a little bit just a little bit yeah um, yeah it's, but with, it, with it's this one league of those. coming back I think that's given everybody hope right so yes Bundesliga is about to get some major new fans from across the globe because it's the first soccer league to come back so that's a major thing. I also think MLS, and we'll and we'll get onto. It, I don't want to jump the gun here, but I think MLS can benefit similarly here uh, when there's no NBA, no NFL, uh, no NHL. Uh, I know they're trying to to get things moving quite quickly, and yeah. you know they don't want to be too aggressive, but at the same time they see that there's this opportunity as well, and financially, you know, there's some challenges, but. There's some hope, and as long as things are done the right way, Josh, and I know that you've been ingrained in finding out how things are going to be moving along here, um, you know, that's the key. That's, that's, that's the most important thing. Yeah, it is, um, and and we'll we'll see how that goes. Let's start with uh, with rivalry week, and just a little something. Uh, the LA Galaxy would have been playing LAFC this weekend on Saturday. That game would have been broadcast on Big ABC, Sophie. So uh, over the air, wow. as we say. Uh, would have been a huge, massive game. Uh, it would have been the first time that the season had ever, the season series between these two teams had ever opened at Bank of California Stadium because of, before it's always been at Dignity Health Sports Park to start these this series. That's not that wouldn't have happened. So it would have been at Bank of California to start. It would have been a noon kickoff time. Um, the weather seemed like it would have been perfect for it. So all of these things sort of leading up to what would have been a great rivalry rivalry week. I can't. It's even whenever I'm not in quarantine, <laughs> I can't. I can't say. It. Um, it would have been fun to see, and you certainly see MLS trying to play it up and do all these things, um, but. It does, once again, I mean, listen, part of me hates the week that the LA Galaxy play LAFC because I, if I say anything that is somewhat positive to LAFC, I would get buried for it. Um, and I think I do a pretty good job of playing, staying pretty level-headed on most of this stuff. Uh, so part of me hates it, but part of me also loves it because I don't think there's more electric atmosphere than whenever these two teams play. So it, it, it definitely, I think this week hits home a little bit that, that they're not playing this game. I've actually been working on a piece about the LAFC, LAFC, LA Galaxy rivalry, and um, I'm putting together a little piece as well for uh, for Talksport. And you know, Josh, I went back and watched those games, and no matter what anybody says in terms of yes, you know, Timbers and Seattle's rivalry, rivalry, and now you got me doing it for crying out loud. What's going on around these parts? I know, I know. Um, that is an insane rivalry and they've got traditions with it, which I like. They're building nostalgia, they're building history, but the intensity and I think more hatred 
exists <laughs> in the LAFC LA Galaxy rivalry. I think the Timbers and the C- the Seattle fans are friendly, cordial towards each other. But if you go to these games, especially at Bank of California, it's intimidating. Uh, it's no joke. You know, this is a proper, to me, it reminds me of when I watched games when I was in Italy and also in Greece, Olympia Goz and Banathinaigos, a little bit of Celtic Rangers. This is a true rivalry and I absolutely love it. And this weekend, the fact that we're not able to experience it is really kind of sad. But to have experienced it, and yeah. Zlatan, for me, set the whole thing on fire. I think it's undeniable that he, wouldn't you agree, Josh, is one of the yeah, oh, yeah. instigators of all of it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it would have been a, with the first El Trafico without uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, mm-hmm. um, which would have been an interesting thing for the LA Galaxy. Does the same sort of mental block come, uh, you know, come over LAFC during the regular season? It's funny because I'm going to tell you something that, that, that happened. Dave Denholm. Um, I know people are going to say, hey, I know Dave Denholm. He's the play-by-play guy for LAFC on the radio, except that Dave Denholm, as I've said many times, and as he's been a co-host on this show many, many times over the 12 seasons we've been hosting it, was the first person to ever have a Galaxy-related podcast, ever. He was the one. So uh, me, right here, Corner Mm -hmm. of the Galaxy, came on the shoulders of Mr. Dave Denholm. I have a tremendous amount of respect for him. He remains a very good friend for me, uh, a friend to me. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you that if Dave would have gotten paid by the LA Galaxy to do anything, he would have been through the moon, amazed, awesome. It would have, sh- I mean, he would have been just the happiest guy. As it is, LAFC got him and LAFC has him and he gets to do the play-by-play for them. And that's a great gig for him. He loves soccer, I understand. I think his heart has always been LA Galaxy, and if he ever got the chance to really be and work with the LA Galaxy, he would take it. Um, but what Dave is doing this week, and what he, I think it may have come out today or it may come out tomorrow, is he actually did what he's calling the faux traffico. Um, his wife challenged him and said, hey, could you do 90 minutes of a soccer game without actually watching a soccer game? Could you just make it up in your head? And he's like, I don't know, maybe. And so then he tried it, and he came out. Now, I'm here to tell Galaxy fans, I doubt it turns out in your favor if you want to listen to this. I was going right? to say, Just, does Carlos yeah. Vela um, score a hat trick? <laughs> I was in the first thirty seconds. I I have no idea. I I, I haven't listened to him. Um, so I, I warn you if you do it. But I tip my hat to Dave for even trying it. And then I also questioned him about how could it possibly be? How could you possibly get an LAFC win? at Bank of California Stadium in the regular season being that's never happened before. So you predicted something that has never happened before. They may win in the playoffs. They won that one game in the playoffs, but they've never won at Bank of California. I go, if you would have predicted a draw, at least we could have all said that was realistic. I go, them winning, is that realistic? But Josh, that game yes. at Bank of California, the 5-3, right? Honestly, one of the most insane games I've ever been to. That I was know. crazy. I, Number one, the I energy, know. the atmosphere, forget about it. It was un- undeniably absolutely freaking beautiful football but you know alessandrini again we've talked about him he comes on earlier yeah i know i no i mean it's that game was crazy all the games have been crazy though so every single game that has been between those two you're like this is this is nuts and it's edge of your seat football right it's the even in the press box you're sitting up a little straighter you're watching everything because you know at any second it could all break loose and you're and you're waiting for it to happen. And and we almost predict it, right? You sit there and go, oh, wait a minute. You know, um, I remember when Larry and I went to the first Bank of California game, uh, we were sitting down like basically in the stands. They had us in the auxiliary press box way down. Oh, by the way, if you're if you work for Corner of the Galaxy. That. Yeah, I, if you work for Corner of the Galaxy, I don't think you're going to get a great press box seat. That's just sort of how it works. I understand that. That's fine. I can play that game. Um, but yeah, so we were down in the stands, we were sort of doing that and we remember, you know, sort of just the craziness that ensued and remember that, that was a late comeback game as well. That was a, you know, I think a two nothing and ended up being a two, two, if I remember correctly. Um, so you look at these and they've just all been crazy in the first one. I mean, I'll argue with anybody. The first El Trafico was Zlatan scoring the goals and the Galaxy coming back to win 4-3. That place has never been louder. I've been to MLS Cups there. I've seen all the games. I've been to most every big game that has been played at, you know, Dignity Health Sports Park, Home Depot Center, StubHub Center since 2008, basically. Um, I know there's people who've who've watched more Galaxy games than I have, for sure. But since 2008, I've been there. That place has never been louder, ever. In the history of that that stadium, I've I've never seen it like that. 
I, and and you know what? There's something that good that has come of this because LAFC have made LA Galaxy raise the game. They've made fans raise the game. They've made the um, the owners raise the game in terms of the in-stadium experience. I mean, but for some poor defending, that 5-3 could have been a lot different. And let me ask you this. The Zlatan goal you love the best, is it the lob? And you can ask this to, to some of the others. Is it the lob or is it the, the double chip, the boom, boom, smack? Yeah, I mean the technical ability of the of the double, you know, the double volley and then the smack I, is is a ridiculous goal. Um, it's way harder than the full volley from you know the one. But a, to my in my mind, that full volley. Oh, it's Zlatan. He's probably not even gonna play. He just got off of the plane like what last night or something like that or the day before. <laughs> and it was like it was like oh he's not gonna play. And then like oh he oh he is gonna play. Oh and then he's you know his first couple touches he looked like a you know a baby giraffe. It looked like his legs weren't underneath him. You're like yeah he's it's he's they just rushed them is what it is that is the whole thing and then he scores those two goals and you know to me the the lob is my favorite goal um in terms of just the monumental hugeness of it and and the timing of it the header goal with ashley cole though is also so special to win that game because first it was tied and now it's won and it's just like that that was i will never ever in my entire life forget that game um all of its you know, Josh, I've never, I've never seen, I've never seen the press box so animated than that game. The the lob, yeah. the the lob moment. There were people in the press box that never ever, not say lose it, but to stand up or have a moment where they want to say wow. They don't yell it out, but they're like wow. I mean, it was uh, undeniable. The press box absolutely said, wow. I mean, everybody went, whoa, like it was loud in there. It was loud in the press box. And that yeah. it, uh, you have to understand that that signals the the significance of that and what we saw, because you had people who watch soccer for a living who don't necessarily like we all go, oh, man, that was a great play. Oh, that was good. Oh, that was a really good pass. You know, there's all that stuff. But for all of us to sit there and go, I just I looked at Larry was sitting next to me. I put my hands on his shoulder and I said something. I said, I said, what the F did we just see? Right. And he's like, he's like, I don't know. Right. And we were just sitting there sort of staring at each other. I had no idea. I, I got nothing. You know, it was, it was the crazy. And all the text messages I had on my phone from people who don't watch soccer. They're like, where are you right now? I'm like, I'm in the press conference. Zlatan's about to talk. To, oh, my God. That's amazing. That's so cool. Like, you know, and I'm like, you don't even watch soccer. What are you doing? Talking to me. Yeah. So, no, that's yeah. what that's the beautiful thing about that season. Random people followed. He had it random was. people watching. I mean, he he ingrained himself on popular culture. He was a spectacular spectacle for the league. And, you know, he's a perfect example if you don't know what you have until it's gone. And um, I think there'll be great moments, hopefully, this season once it all kicks off. Obviously, the, the team is a little fresh and new and gelling up. The first two games weren't exactly the best. But, you know, I think that with this Pavon leadership role, I think, and allowing him to kind of take the shackles off his feet and maybe perform the way, you know, that he should be. Maybe they can move out of the shadow of Zlatan, but it's going to take a lot of moving, Josh. It's not going to be easy. He's a very (laughs) difficult dude to forget. Yeah. (laughs) Big shadow. You have to take a plane to get out of his shadow. Um, So, (laughs) yeah, it's... Yeah, you would. Um, so he's it, it's it's just a, an interesting time thinking about rivalry. I just wanted to sort of put that in perspective. I don't mean it to bum people out, but it, again, it hits differently whenever you realize some of these things that you're missing um, and some of the things that we would have been. I mean, you know, this whole week would have been pre- this get this show tonight would have been crazy hype train. Um, you know, Eric probably would have prepared one of his crazy, you know, introductions to the game. We had flashing lightning and. Yeah, yeah, it would it would have been it would have been crazy. We would have we would have had a fun time, and and that's not happening. So we'll still have fun, um, but just understand that's sort of where we all go. Let's let's move on. Let's turn the page just a little bit um, because the LA Galaxy did start individual training today. If you were looking for anything on social media, however, you didn't see much um, from the LA Galaxy. Um, I, I can tell you that I, I was I, I believe uh, Kevin was told, and I don't know. I, I'm pretty we're pretty sure this is true that all players were out there today. So every player, including Danny Acosta, who was coming back from his uh, his long term injury, um, he is actually out running. Um, I don't think he worked out today, but he was he did come to individual training and sort of, you know, jog, maybe jogged a little bit or at least was at the uh, facility for a little bit. So everybody was at individual training today. Uh, but Sophie, this remains one of the really sort of um, 
it's still a touchy subject, especially in California. I mean, really all over the United States, whenever you look at it. But it's a touchy subject when you think about, you know, how political everything is. And so seeing a sports team go back to quote unquote training is still a touchy subject. So I'm not sure, you know, the Galaxy are ready to jump up and down and wave flags and say, we're training, we're training. You know, they're sort of taking a little bit lower PR approach. I think a lot of teams and we're seeing it with the Premier League having to go back and forth with all their planning. Um, Lots of disagreements in terms of how and what the right thing to do to proceed is. Uh, Bundesliga has had to go through some peaks and troughs as well. And we've seen over the last few days, players testing positive. Uh, A manager, I think is the Augsburg manager, broke protocol today, went to the went to buy a, a shaver and some something else and left the hotel and now he's got to be in quarantine. I mean, this is a monumental task to bring football back and have to act under so many rules and regulations when it's not easy to put on a game anyway. A lot goes into putting on a game. You and I are there, you know, and, and we cover the game. There are a lot of people involved in, in, in the league and working for each club. And to have to come back and also worry about player safety. And then if you don't, what the ramifications of that could be? Are there lawsuits down the line? If somebody gets sick, what if somebody's loved one gets sick? You know, how is this all going to to kind of play out when in some states cases are still rising? You know, we're not quite over this. And here we are talking about sports. So I don't blame the team for not being too vocal about it and publicizing it too much, Josh. Uh, but I do think at some point they need to be very authentic and open about how is this really going to work and what are the next steps and what is the timeline for that. So fans who've also paid really good money for their season tickets know what's in store for them for the rest right. of the season. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's again, it's just you just want to go about it in the correct way. The good news is the Galaxy are individual training. The great news is that Corner of the Galaxy and Corner of the Galaxy affiliated hosts out there. Uh, Kevin Baxter for the LA Times was able to talk to Sasha Kleschen afterwards. And by the way, these were phone interviews. Don't think that they were allowing press anywhere within like, you know, quote unquote spitting distance of this place. That's not happening. Uh, press is locked out from the <laughs> facility for the uh, for the very first uh, or for the for the far off future, I would say. Uh, and that's fine. We don't need to be there. Um, we can we can do a lot of this stuff by phone and it works. But Kevin Baxter talked to Sasha Kleshin and our very own Larry Morgan, not on Twitter, was able to talk to Mr. Nick DePew as well. Those were the as far as we know, the only interviews that were allowed today uh, from the players. And there's a lot of reasons for that. And I'll get to some of the quotes from these guys, because I think it's really interesting to sort of see their mindset as they come back but the big thing that we're going to talk about here is major league soccer taking 26 taking all 26 teams to orlando or at least that's the proposal um and i'll tell you right now that questions that were asked about florida about going to orlando um were not answered today and i think it's fairly clear that the mls uh, players association is very keen on making sure that nobody's going to comment on this yet because it's all part of negotiations at cba uh, ramifications. It has pay ramifications. It has a whole. Bu- it's going to affect everything. Um, and I would also say that uh, well, as we talk about that, I'll tell you how some of the players are sort of looking at that. But let's get to some of these individual training quotes that we got. Um, and let's start with uh, Nick DePew. Uh, Larry Larry Morgan talking to Nick DePew and uh, Larry basically asking, you know, you know, what what, what was it like getting back? And he says, uh, Nick says it's been a long couple of months. It's crazy. It's crazy. My family and myself are healthy. We're very fortunate. Uh, about that. I arrived today around 10 o'clock. It's definitely a little weird, but under the circumstances, it was definitely great to be back. Pull through that long road into dignity. Uh, It was good to be back. I had been there once in April to get some stuff from my locker. So really, you're talking about guys not being at the facility, Sophie, for the last two months um, and being on individual training for the last two months. Um, So uh, I think Larry was And some not even being in the country, right? Not everyone's been here, have they? Everybody has. Uh, I don't believe oh, anybody has departed. Yeah, because they there's there's a mandate that you stay in your local market, and that's for Major League Soccer. Um, you have to stay in the local market, and and hopefully, you know, that means that there were some exceptions, but you had to drive places. So I don't think anybody's gone anywhere out of the country. 
Uh, I think everybody stayed in there. Um, so I, I think Larry was joking with Nick, though, whenever he asked if he remembered how to get there, because Nick answered, yes, I remembered how to get there. I had to pull up MapQuest on my phone. Ha ha ha. That was a good pull. Nick map Depew, quest. on MapQuest. That was a great. I hope that's true. And Larry didn't be like, you know, I'm sure Nick said Apple Maps and Larry translated it as MapQuest. That seems like a Larry thing. But if not, Nick nailed Larry's Larry's style right there. That was just great. Um, I'm sure so Larry anyway. did interpret it as the um, Thomas Guide. Yeah, oh, that would that would that would have been even a better pull. Um, Nick, let's be honest. Nick DePew has no idea what a Thomas Guide is, or nor has never seen a Thomas Guide. All right, oh. uh, and he'll never and he'll never get that that frustrating bit where you would go to find an address and it would be on just like the edge of the map and you would it would be like oh well it's in this book and you didn't have that book. Yes, that was great times. Good times. All right. Uh, let's see. He says, uh, he says, uh, regarding the workout today, it's primarily agility based and fitness based just to maintain the fitness. Obviously you're not getting game repetitions. You're not getting legit training sessions and fitness as well. A lot of the workouts they're giving us are agility things, fitness drills, some stuff with the ball. It's definitely nice to be back on a great pitch as well. I saw maybe five or six teammates. I saw Justin Vomstig, Rolf Felcher, Alex Katai, Sebastian Legette, and Efrain Alvarez. He goes, it's funny. You're in your own little section. You wave to them and scream hello, but that's about it. No real interaction at all. I think they're being really cautious about all this. Everybody's wearing their face masks as well. Everybody taking the right precautions. My workout lasted roughly an hour. So you got an hour of, of training. And the whole idea behind individual training, Sophie, was to get guys off of public parks where they could be more exposed to these things and put them in a more controlled situation. Um, and Sporting Kansas City and Peter Vermees is really the, the spearhead of this. If you read anything, I believe uh, Jonathan Tannenwald um, actually had an interview with, uh, with Peter Vermees on how he came up with this idea. And then basically got the league and the league said no you can't do that there's no way you're never allowed to do that and he's like wait we can do this safely let us prove it and so then they came up with all of these guidelines and the league said okay yeah that works we get it so um just some interesting stuff how are you supposed to build team spirit and camaraderie and half of what goes into competing week in week out yes training is important of course tactical um, training, um, you know, but how do you build that team spirit, the togetherness, the getting together? That's going to be really difficult. And I think players feel isolated, even though they're training. And, yes. you know, Arsenal, West Ham and Tottenham were the first teams in the UK to do this about three weeks ago, where players were training on individual pitches. And that was one of the things that kind of came back is, you know, you feel you still social distancing for, and, and this time from your own teammates. So right. asking place to come back and operate under these circumstances, you know, I really do feel for them. And a lot of the times players get a lot of shtick because, you know, a lot of people feel they're in a privileged position and many of them are, but at the same time, you're asking them to take a huge risk. And at the same time, you're asking them to do their job in a completely different way. And the truth is a lot of people in the workplace are being asked to do this. And it's a huge change, not only for footballers, but for a lot of people um, in, in a lot of different industries, Josh, it's not easy. Yeah. This transition yeah. is not easy. No, no, it's uh, um, we're back in the office somewhat uh, into individual shifts at, at my, at my place, uh, at our family business. Um, there's not a bunch of us, so we can maintain the social distancing as best we can but you know there's there's complaining about wearing masks and stuff like that and i'm like yeah i know it sucks i go what do you want me to say it sucks for everybody i go nobody likes wearing a mask nobody's like yeah i get to wear a mask nobody has said that yet i go but it's all of us we're all doing it and we're doing it together and you know for these guys uh we talked to rolf felcher and he basically said you know training by yourself sucks <laughs> i'm paraphrasing but he says it training by yourself sucks yeah it does um it's why again i think i put on the covid 25 um, because I don't work out well by myself. I work out well when somebody is yelling at me to work out harder. That's usually how it works. Um, yes. and so my gym, my gym and my rowing places are closed. Um, I can't go and nobody can yell at me. I thought about paying somebody, uh, to yell at me over FaceTime, but I figured I could just hit the hang up button whenever they're in my face. At least I have to keep going. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, it's all these, it's all these different things. These are all different. Um, I would say that even these guys, yes, they're going to say it's great to be back. And, and I agree with them. It is good for, that they're back. They're back at the facility. They're seeing their teammates. It's not the same, but it's, it's better than not seeing them, right? You're getting just a little bit of an advantage from it, but guess what? Those individual workouts, they still suck. Okay. Now you have a coach that gets to watch you work out individually and it sucks probably even a little bit more. <laughs> like it's good that it's a change right now and that's probably a different thing, but it's still, it's just not fun. 
um, to do. So um, really interesting. Uh, you know, Larry, oh, by the way, Larry did text me while we were doing the show, uh, Sophie, and he said he absolutely said MapQuest. So MapQuest it was. That's what, that's what Nick DePue, again. And that it means a tip of the cap to Mr. Nick DePew for that wonderful pull on uh, on on uh, MapQuest. So uh, that's a good one. Um, they, he I think he has a job as a as a beat writer for the corner of the galaxy <laughs> after he hangs up I, his boots. <laughs> I think I think that could be I think it could be arranged. Uh, he a- was asked about not using the locker rooms, and he says, um, you know, uh, Larry says uh, if you ha- if he had an air freshener in his car, and he, uh, Nick said I know and laughed and said I had to I had to get a change of clothes. I also had to bring about five water bottles too. Again, they're bringing all their water. They're bringing all their stuff. They're bringing all, They're not allowed into the gyms. They're not allowed in the showers. They have to go back into their cars. They go home, and that's where they can do all of that stuff. So, um, are they having to crazy. wash their own kit as well? Because in Europe, they're making players take their own. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I would imagine their self-contained unit. You bring your bag. It has everything in it that you need. It's all your stuff, and then you throw it back into your bag. You take it home with you, and you wash it, and you bring it back with you for the next thing. Um, let's go a little bit to Sasha Kleshin here, and Mr. Kevin Baxter, nice enough to provide us with these quotes. Uh, for the LA Times, uh, Sasha says it was really nice to get out there. And by the way, I should say Sasha was one of the first players out on the field. Um, he was one of the first ones there. And these are staggered all day. I think uh, Nick DePew was finished up a little bit after two, maybe. Um, so if you understand that Sasha Kleshin was probably there at about eight or nine uh, and Nick DePew finished up about two, you can understand the staggered nature of this and how many players they can get there at the time and how they can do it safely in the schedule that they have. Uh, wow. Sasha says it was really nice to get out there and do a little workout again on a really nice grass field. We were out there train. We were out on the training pitches. They're all kind of marked off. So players have their individual space to use. Uh, most of the time I'm just doing running out there in the street in front of my house. I have like tape marked off at like 25, 50, 75 and hundred meters to do my interval running and things like that. So it was actually nice to get out and touch a ball and just do my individual workout on a really nice grass field again. Uh, he said, uh, he continues. He says, yeah, so, uh, it's, uh, it is what it's not. You, you know, it's not like an actual training session. Uh, so I don't remember how many guys were out there. I'm only allowed to use my little st- my little station during the time while I was out there working out there. There were three guys on my field. I worked out for about an hour. Everybody's probably working wrap, uh, out for about an hour. Um, so what was the biggest takeaway? Um, and he says, for me, Sasha says it was bigger than that. It's still an individual workout, but at least I got to see some of my teammates. albeit from a, from a, a far distance just to be back to see the stadium again, even if I was just looking at it from the outside also, but just to return to some type of normalcy where it seemed like it seemed like I was getting back and it was seemed like a step in the right direction and hopefully we'll push towards playing a season. So, um, that's interesting. Wow. I'll, I'll, I'll say this, this is the interesting uh, Kevin asked, how long before you could play in a game? Let's say you guys started training a whole bunch. He goes, uh, Sasha says, you know, a normal preseason is about eight weeks. But I think obviously we have to modify things if you know we're going to be allowed to start playing games. I think you give three to four weeks and I'll be ready to play a game. So that's just interesting because you want to sort of put it on the back burner there. Um, Nick DePew on Florida, and I'll group these two Florida quotes together um, so that way we can understand sort of where the players' minds are. Nick DePew on Florida, he says, I don't think I can say anything about it right now. I honestly don't know enough about it. I know they're talking about it, but I just don't know enough. Um, and we understood going in that that could possibly be a question they're not going to answer. Um, Sasha Kleshin says, I'm on the Players Association board, and it's just not something I'm ready to comment on publicly as we're trying to do some work behind the scenes. The league always takes the players' thoughts into account. I think we will have a say. Just don't want to comment more than that at the at this point. Um, so, And then he finished with saying, uh, basically, I believe the fields are open now during the week. I assume I'm coming back tomorrow. I guess I haven't had confirmation yet, but I would hope so. So I would imagine you're going to see players uh, train on Friday, and I think they're off on Saturday or Sunday, um, and then they'll be back on Monday as this all goes forward. So anyway, interesting stuff from individual training, Sophie. I, I don't know. That's uh, great. Take away from- some great quotes the boys got there. Really good stuff from both players, Very as honest as they can be, and I'm sure they have to toe the line a little bit from a PR point of view. The team, I'm sure, wanting them to be, you know, tread carefully about what they're saying in terms of what's going to happen down the road, but in terms of how they feel and what they're right. thinking about being put in the situation, um, I think both gave some really candid thoughts there to, to Kevin and Larry. Nice stuff. Yeah, it, it was. And uh, Larry's article will be up as soon as we're done with this show, and I can edit it and put it up uh, onto the thing. So uh, we'll, we'll get it going. We'll get Larry's article up there. An actual article on the site, Larry Morgan coming out of retirement for this, uh, this particular. He's been on hiatus for a while. 
Um, so uh, so it'll be a good one to have up on the website so people can read. That'll be coming up here just a little bit. And if you're listening to the podcast on Friday, uh, make sure you go to the website Corner of the Galaxy and read Larry's article. All right. Uh, so we got through that. The the other little L.A. Galaxy news nugget is about the season ticket holders. And there was an email sent out. Uh, that email went out. We tweeted about it. We told you basically what they were saying. Now, this was always sort of expected in terms of what was going to happen. But um, the L.A. Galaxy basically said that they're sending out their best wishes and thoughts to your family during this challenging time. Um, and MLS recently extended its moratorium on matches until at least June 8th. We know about that. Uh, so uh, while MLS continues to explore options to resume play in 2020, the LA Galaxy remain committed to providing our season ticket members flexibility during this time of uncertainty. As a result, beginning in May and continuing until further notice, we are suspending all further license fee payments. Now, people freaked out. They're like, what license fee? What is, that's just your tickets. Don't worry. It's it's just it's contract talk. All right. So just remember, there's a little lawyery in this uh, way. They can have this stuff. Um, so basically what they're saying is they're not going to take any more of your money. If you were on a payment plan, they're done taking your money until the games resume and there's fans in the stadium and then they would draw on that money in number of games. And if you would eventually ran out of money because they played so many games with fans in the stadium this year, they would ask you for more money and that would make sense. Um, the likelihood of that happening, almost zero at this point. So I don't think you're in any sort of uh, danger of, of losing that. The, the big deal is if you if you keep paying and if you go and move that money to basically over to 2021, they are going to give you a 10% uh, 10% ticket credit for all of the affected matches towards your 2021 membership. So if you're if you're fine, you're in a good financial place, you don't have a problem, uh, you can do that. That 10% ticket credit uh, will go towards 2021, which a lot of times you got a discount for renewing early anyway. So it's not. I don't think it's a huge deal, but that's that's fine. That's really cool that they're going to let you just sort of roll it over. Mm -hmm. If if you want to, though, Sophie, if you need this money, there they are saying that you can contact them directly and they will issue, uh, you know, a refund. They're going to make you work for a little bit. They're going to be like, "Are you sure you want to? You know, are you sure you got to call us and you got to talk to us? Are you sure you want to go ahead and get a refund? You don't want to just keep that money here because obviously, they're looking to hold on as much cash as they can, um, and they're also trying to make sure they retain season ticket holders at this point. So I sort of understand it, but I think this is the best way to sort of. This gives the most flexibility. They're making you work a little bit, Sophie. Just like if you know you're going to cancel a credit card, you have to write a letter and say, "Please cancel this credit at my request." Blah blah. blah. It's one of those things. If you want to cancel your gym membership, you can't do it over the phone. You got to come in and stare them in the face and be like, "I don't want to <laughs> be here anymore." It's, um, it's like that episode of Friends where Ross, "I want to quit the gym." Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think. What What are your thoughts in terms of? Is there any fairer way they could have done this? Is Is there any other outcome? I don't. I don't think so. They the could, fact that yes, they're going to make people work hard for it if they want a little bit of a smidgen of their money back, but that's just the norm when it comes to sales and trying to keep people on board, right? Yeah, I, I don't feel like any of this is out of. I mean, you know, some people were angry that it wasn't just an automatic refund. I understand why it wasn't. I mean, listen, the Galaxy want to hold on to your cash as much as possible. <laughs> as the as the business, they have your cash. It's in their hands. They would like not to give it back. I understand that. Um, and so that doesn't surprise me. I think it's the right thing to do to not charge people anymore. Uh, we talked about deferring payments before because they were allowing you to defer payments. And we we're like, listen, the likelihood of, of uh, games being played this year is just... Uh, yes, there, I think there will be games played. In what format? Um, and with fans in attendance? There's no fans in attendance. So I don't think... 2020. Uh, 2021 has a better chance at that, so let's just keep our fingers crossed for that right now. I like that optimistic look. Is 2021 definitely fans in the stadium? 2020, I'm not going to bank on that at all. Um, I don't think we'll so see fans until the playoffs. I don't know if it'll be that soon. Um, and I don't know when the playoffs would be. So I this is this is all this is leading us into our, our 26 teams in Orlando and sort of how that goes. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, the playoffs could be in January. Um, they could be in you know February. Uh, yeah, because we're the what two months could, behind schedule right now. Two months, roughly. Yeah, and there's talks. Yeah, there's and there's talks about moving everything to whatever they need. So I mean, you know, trying to look at all these different situations. So let's go now to the um, to MLS and 26 teams in Orlando because that's really the the crux of this here, Sophie. Um, all 26 teams. MLS proposed, and this came out in the Washington Post. Uh, Stephen Goff had it. In fact, Kevin and I recorded our Monday podcast. If you go back and listen, Kevin and I talk about one of the proposals being playing at multiple cities, including Orlando, Kansas City, and possibly Dallas. 
Uh, while we were recording that podcast, we started at 8, and at 8.15, Steve Goff came out with his breaking news, which we did not get to until after we were done with the podcast. So there's a nice little insert there of me saying, oh, and as we're talking about this, Stephen Goff came out with a proposal that would see all 26 teams go to Orlando. And I left it at that because we're not going to go go back and re-record the whole podcast. A lot of our points were still very valid. We would if we didn't have valid points and everything was wrong. We would have gone back and re-recorded it, but we were good. Um, so this is our first chance on this show, so we talk about this proposal. So let me go over some of the details, and I'll give you the basics of it, and then you and I can chat a little bit. We can talk about all the reasons this might, this probably won't happen. Um, so MLS is proposing that all 26 teams go to Orlando for a tournament. The tournament would be held at ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex in Disney's Coronado Springs Resort. is basically 10 minutes away from that Wide World Complex, where all Basically, a thousand players and coaches and staff would be put um, into this uh, this hotel and then quarantined. And that includes the hotel staff would also have to be quarantined there, Sophie. So that's the first thing. Uh, the, the target date for this to happen is quick. June 1st. June 1st is the target date. They want all 26 teams in Orlando. That first week, they would start with small groups. Or excuse me, that first work week would just be individual training, much like, much like they have here. Um, and then the next week, June 8th, would be small groups starting and then full training one week later. And so basically, they get two weeks of full training before games would start in July. Uh, every team would play at least five games in a round-robin tournament, followed by a knockout stage and then possibly a consolation stage. Um, so uh, you're looking at each team being in Orlando for a minimum of eight weeks, and teams that advance would be there possibly for 10 weeks, all in quarantine so what could go wrong sophie well well a few things could go wrong how much more hygienic is it to have everybody in one place playing at specific stadiums every single day week in week out versus using each team's facilities i mean to me it just doesn't seem i just didn't understand this either when the premier league wanted to do it it just it just seems to me like it's much more feasible, hygienic, safer to go to each individual stadium, make sure um, the you know in terms of um, sanitization, you're not utilizing the same place over and over. It's a little bit like the NFL. Um, fake grass when it ca- first came out, right? The staff infections that were rife among the league. Uh, it, to me, it just feels like, what what kind of idea is this when you have everybody in one place? I don't understand how that's going to work. And then when you start condensing the com- the competitive side of the league, to me that just doesn't become – that's always going to have an asterisk. Whoever wins MLS Cup that year, if, if that's how they're going to play it out and condense um, the, the competition, to me it feels like that would have an asterisk against it. Just like I think the Premier League will have an asterisk against it if they go ahead and play at neutral grounds. I just, it's not right, it's not fair. Now, MLS is only two games in to the season. And I think that's the difference with MLS and the rest of Europe. Because you have a little bit more leg leg room in terms of changing the rules and adapting. But at the same time, you have to have the integrity of the game. And I just think that... I don't know about you, but I think of any of the leagues, it makes sense for them to squash this year and go to next year, like you were saying, and do the whole 25th anniversary next year. But from a financial point of view, I can completely see how that might just absolutely not be feasible. Uh, if this la- if this lasts uh, if this lasts longer than um, then I can see it going through 2021. Uh, or excuse me, through 2020. If this lasts, and it seems like the league will be fine financially, um, you know, through the 2020 season, regardless kind of what happens. Um, you look at what happens if this if this goes to 2021, Sophie, um, and now you're talking about MLS being in a financial position that might be untenable. Um, it just it just might not work. Um, and you know, you're talking about league possibility of you know collapsing there's a bunch of really rich guys who have a lot of money and you'd hope that 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 in this case mls is insulated from a lot of that and i think they are for at least one season uh but if it's multiple seasons that's that's a sort of a different thing so i think that you know trying to to reset and just saying okay we're shooting for 2021 the problem with that is how certain are we that we're going to be ready to go and rocking and rolling in 2021 um the uncertainty around this right now is not something where i would say listen i feel 
75, 80% positive that you could start a season in May or even June next year, if there's a delay for, for reasons, um, you know, vaccines, anything like that that comes out that it would allow us to get back to st- uh, fans in the stands, you know, sort of normal operating procedure. Um, but, uh, you know, if you go beyond that, uh, it's, it's just, it's just not something you can plan on. So I think this, this is this is the, the interesting thing about this proposal is that it's sort of a standalone tournament. I don't know that it's going to count towards the league. I have no idea. Um, it doesn't seem like that, although they're talking about possibly a winner getting like the being the U.S. Open Cup basically has been canceled this year and it's not going to be played that the winner would get, you know, the U.S. Open Cup CCL berth or something like that. But it's still like a sort of a standalone tournament. I don't know how much it will affect or and I don't think it will be part of league play. I think it's just a way for them to get. MLS on TV um, and a way for them to sort of, uh, you know, get the public who is wanting sports uh, to watch it. And if they can do it quickly enough uh, by June 1st, getting teams there, uh, July, they they have a chance of of picking up some fans. Yes. It's the only benefit. The only otherwise it's irrelevant. No team is going to relish winning a tournament just because it's based on how many weeks in a single location over it's just it's not that's not MLS Cup I'm sorry it's just not no, the only not. reason the only reason to do it is to be it's one of those moments it's like you know in in the great depression when brands were scaling back spending money Kellogg's decided and were the only cereal brand to continue to spend money on their marketing and they took a huge risk and that's how they became America's household um, cereal uh, and they made their name during that time and and they were hugely successful and I think that for MLS in a time where there's no other American sports there is something to be said about ingraining yourself in the psyche of the population and at a time when people are starving of sports coverage it could work and if it's right. done in a World Cup, you know, um, Copa America style tournament, that right. could work. Um, yeah, it, it might. But, Again, you're going to have, you know, they're going to be playing on training fields. I mean, these aren't stadiums. You're going to see it's basically MLS Combine. If you've seen the MLS Combine, you sort of know what it's going to look like in terms of uh, these games being played on these fields. These are these are not stadium fields. Um, you know, they're not large. It's and but why would they need one? There's no fans. So that's it's not something that they need. Um, the reason that they're trying to put everybody in one place, though, Sophie, is, is, is really the logistics of everything and, and understanding that uh, they're going to quarantine. Uh, these players. They're not allowed to leave the property. They're not allowed to go anywhere. I mean, this is one of the reasons why this is a very big stretch for um, whether or not MLS can pull this off because no families are coming. So if you can't bring your family to this and then you're basically saying, oh, bye, bye, honey. I know you have the kids, um, but uh, I'm going to be gone for eight to 10 weeks and I'm not going to be able to see you and I can't come back and help you and I can't do any of that stuff. Um, That's going to go. And so I would say uh, that that is going to be one of the big things that they have to sort of, you know, is hurdle is having players be okay with going back. And I think some players won't be. And we've seen very high profile players be vocal uh, about not wanting to go back or being fearful. There's a player in the, I was listening to Kevin Hatchard today, who's a really great European um, football writer, journalist, who was saying that one of the players in Bundesliga, I believe, his partner who has a heart condition had to leave the country and go to Belgium because he's going back to work and in order for her to be really safe. And even, you know, you were talking earlier about you going back to the office and stuff. You have a newborn at home. And and these are things that people, you know, think about. You know, at the end of the day, sports is sports, but family is family and protecting your family is everything. And so... I feel I feel for the players. I do, uh, and I feel for people who are having to go back to work in in, in in certain industries. It's not easy. There's an uncertainty about life right now, and we're all feeling it, and we're all vulnerable. And so, you know, I think it's it's all well and good that we want sport to return, but at what cost? So, yeah, and, it's a and that is a very tricky situation. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, it's always, uh, you know, Dennis DeClosa said it and I will forever, you know, parrot his sort of response on this is uh, sports is the most important, not important thing. Um, and it's like it doesn't matter. It, it absolutely does not matter. And we know it doesn't matter. We'd like it, 
but we know that it doesn't matter and that's one of those things that we 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 look at and say okay um this this really doesn't matter and and we'd like to have it back it would be fun it would make this show a lot easier if there were games i'll be honest with you trying to <laughs> it really scrape would. stuff up to yeah and josh some sports are so easy to digest without a crowd i think ufc did a pretty good job uh, i think that came across quite well without the crowd football is a totally different beast yeah football is about the fans the fans make everything the fans are the club owners the fans are the boss and the fans are the ones that make the atmosphere and without the fans in football it's going to be really hard and i hear about the cardboard cutouts in bundesliga and uh elevating the experience by infusing sound effects and all sorts of things but you and i both know that there's nothing quite like the live experience and um you know tennis is fine golf is fine but football i think that's you know really difficult to execute without fans in the stadium really it is golf. but at the end of the day golf. if you want to get results and finish things then fine yeah yeah i, I mean that's sort of it, it's about staying relevant you know sort of thing let's go over some more details of this because it gets a little bit crazier as well um we talk about nls creating a bubble which basically means teams and players are quarantined within this resort this corn disney coronado springs resort um it means that staff of the hotel would also effectively be quarantined at the resort because if you create a bubble you can't not you can't break that bubble for almost any reason uh covid19 testing would take place every other day which is a question about do they even have those tests available can you get that many tests to be able to date everybody has a test every other day. And I'm sure you have like an A schedule and a B schedule, which means that basically you're running tests every single day. But that's a monumental number of tests. And you can buy tests privately, Sophie. Uh, they still deplete the same public pool of you know reagents and swabs and everything else. And so is that a PR hit that MLS is okay with taking as well? So, oh, MLS, you want to play, which you're using, you know, a thousand tests every two days, and that—that's a ton of tests. Whenever you fit, realize how many people have been tested, and how many they haven't, um, so, so that's a lot a of tests. And should those tests be going to frontline workers? It, that's, you know. And I, again, they—they—the big sort of thing here is if they're private tests, because you can go, you know, there you can get a public test for free in places, uh, especially in LA City. I think any of your testing, if you're a frontline worker, you can go and you can get tested uh, for free. Right, um, right. But you're talking about private tests. Um, there's actually a place around the off around the corner from me in my office complex that's doing the private tests, and you know, it's like you know, seventy-five dollars or something to go get the test. Um, it's a private test, so are you taking, you know, and and mostly the people that seem to be going there seem that you know they're frontline workers and they want to know um but yeah it's 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 a big it's another big question uh how does that work and what happens sophie if one guy tests positive uh you have a thousand people you know in this yeah. in this resort and one guy tests positive what does that do to your schedule your season how do you quarantine him how many people get quarantined along with him imagine one guy gets it and he's in full training all right so and, full and training you can totally see yeah. it happening right yeah you can i mean Listen, they're going to be as careful as they possibly can. Um, that's why if you look at the timeline of the training, they talk about individual training for a week, right? And really, they're looking at testing people that week. As soon as they get in, they're going to test everybody. And then they have individual training. So they get the results back and they say, okay, everybody's clear. Now you can go to small groups. And then they're going to go through that week and you're going to be like, okay, and we're testing you. Now you were 14 days into this. Really, the, the, the long incubation period is over with. And so now we can go ahead and do full team training. You can see how they're setting it up to try to use what the disease does and how it incubates in terms of reducing the risk by testing, testing, testing all along that path. By the time you get two weeks in at full training, the idea is that you shouldn't have anybody test positive because it's past the incubation period and you've been testing the whole time. That's if everybody stays within the bubble but what happens if somebody goes outside the bubble and what happens and if somebody does get coronavirus exactly and also should people be paying for tests that's one thing i think you know that i have an issue with the other is um okay if players are being asked to go back staff members league members um there're going to be people in these stadiums working let right. me ask you this, Josh, and has anyone asked it? I don't know. 
is has there been a consideration as part of any of this planning where fans would be able to see sit six seats apart? No, I, I think that this in this particular case, they would ring this 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 area with probably tanks and anti-aircraft guns uh, and keep everybody very far away. I mean, it seems like it's going to be a full lockdown situation. There's not going to be anybody there. There's no family. There's no, I mean, the officials would have to go, the TV production, but you look at it because... But not initially. No, I'm not talking initially, but down the road... Well, the idea here is eventually that they go play this tournament and then they come up with an idea of how to resume the league after this tournament. This is sort of a stopgap measure, which is like, oh, well, hopefully everybody can go home now and then play. Or we're going to have to come up with a different idea to figure out how we either A, get the league going or B, come up with another tournament somewhere in order to sort of keep things interesting. I mean... To say this year is shot, you can say it. This year's shot, and that's fine. But I still think there's going to be soccer played. The fans, there's, I mean, not in California. I'm going to be very clear. Not in California. You're not going to get any fans in the stadium in California. Uh, not for a very long time. Probably not until 2021. And I think I understand the reasoning behind that. In other places, and one of the reasons they're in Orlando is because Florida is absolutely 100% open for business. Um, you know, just like uh, that's why they were looking at Kansas City and that's why they were looking at Dallas as well in Texas. Um, you know, state by state, governor by governor, these rules are different. Uh, in California, it's not that's not going to happen. It's just not a high priority and they don't see it as a high priority and they're not going to. And maybe they and maybe they shouldn't. I'm not trying to get political on this. This is not my idea. I'm just we're talking about player safety and, and fan safety. Mm-hmm. Um, I just see 2021 is the real reason or the real idea in California to think that fans will ever be back in the stadium. It's going to be next year. Um, I just yeah. I, I, I don't see it unless unless they come out with a vaccine much earlier and it works great and everybody's fine. And, you know, this goes away. Um, because that's the only way they're going to really sort of take this. The other part of this isn't even COVID-19 related. Let's throw out coronavirus for a second. You're asking guys, and Sasha Kleshin talked about it because Kevin asked him the question, how long would it take you to get ready for, to be game ready? And he said, well, normally, you know, preseason's about two months. He goes, but mm-hmm. I could probably be ready in a month. Uh, you're going to get these guys into this abbreviated, and really, they're only going to have two weeks of full team training before they go into this. Then they're going to play for eight to 10 weeks uh, five games in a round robin, and then probably six and seven games if you advance yeah. uh, through that. What about injury? And what about yeah. you know fatigue? And what about hurricanes in Florida? I mean, come on. There's a million things that could go wrong with this. And sweat and humidity and oh. all, all sorts of nastiness. <laughs> yes. No, it, it's, it's not fun. So, I mean, these are all the things that we're looking at. Now, I actually, you know, I have some contacts and um, not always with the Galaxy, but around. I talked to a few players and I wanted to find out you know, sort of what they just, just real basic level. What do you think about all of this stuff? Is this even feasible? And I would say, and I, and I asked them to sort of say, well, what do you think the rest of the players would, would think about this too? So not just about you, but what is everybody, what in your mind, what do you think those statistics are? Um, and everybody sort of said it's split. It's split 50-50, and they think that's probably a reasonable guess as to what I talked to, a, a, you know, a couple people who were like, yeah, I want to go play. Of course I want to go play. Let's get this thing going. Let's go. Um, and then I talked to a couple people who are like, I'd love to go play, but I don't think it's safe, and I don't see how this happens. Um, mm-hmm. And so those are, those are the ideas that you're getting, and we didn't even talk about it. MLS proposed a 50% pay cut. Sophie at one point then MLS per, that was 50% pay cut for all um, for most players then it came yeah. down to a 20% across the board pay cut and so do players want to take a pay cut and then go play in Orlando is that something um, they're talking about delaying the CBA remember we were all thought maybe the season wouldn't start because there wouldn't be an agreement right. on collective bargaining agreement that was agreed upon but right now it seems like players and and MLS are talking about delaying the effects of the 2020 CBA until 2021 and then delaying the 2021 advances to 2022 and so kicking that can down the road and the athletic does a great job of sort of laying this stuff out and it says the players are fine with kicking that can down the road and then in 2024 when it was supposed to expire just negotiate a new CBA and the owners are sort of like, no, just kick it down the road to 2025. We're just going to shift everything five years. And it's like, eh, okay, you know, does that make sense? And, and how does that work? So there are so many questions that go into this. This is so not a, an, an easy, clear-cut decision. MLS has to prove everything is safe. 
Uh, the players have to agree yeah. to all these stuff. It just it's it's exhausting. So if we're trying to think about all the things, my notes are like seven pages long on all this stuff. <laughs> I mean, and listen, you didn't even do any spreadsheets today, and you still have seven pages of notes. I do. The, yes. the, 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 they have to be cautious because the roll-on effect of all of this, and like I said earlier in the show, God forbid, you know, something happens, um, you could be seeing some really severe lawsuits down the road here. So I don't blame them for dotting the I's and crossing the T's. And I get it from their point of view. It's a business and business does have to start regenerating again at some point. Um, there's also an economic health that we have to take care of after all of this. Um, right. You know, there's a lot of hungry people out there. Uh, there are a lot of people who have lost their jobs. We've seen another 3 million plus Americans uh, apply for unemployment this last week. So things are serious. And when you're talking uh, on this level of seriousness and something we haven't seen since the Great Depression, you know, you have to be very cautious about how you move on with things. And you also have to be sensitive so people can really kind of understand the why because when it comes to this type of stuff josh it's, it's not easy because people see it as a money grab that's what they're talking about with the premier league bundesliga is getting away with it a little bit more than the premier league i don't know why but premier league's a little bit tainted like that and mls right. has to be careful too but my goodness if they do do it right and they do come back and they are the first there is a great opportunity here to grab the attention of the people. And if they can do it in the right way, with the right tone and the right people sending the right message, then I think everybody would welcome some type of sport back on to our TV screens because this Sunday, the last dance ends and we're going to need something to watch after it. Just hey, saying. Uh, I we we uh we have upgraded our tech in in uh, in my office where we're working and so we were doing that before all this happened and uh so we we're upgrading so we got um we got some TVs in there and I was saying hey the good news is tomorrow and I just got everything sort of up and running uh, today I said the good news is tomorrow was we don't have to watch BBC World News tomorrow we watch the Bundesliga because <laughs> it's back uh, and I go there you go I'm gonna give you live sports all right you guys give me TVs I will give you live sports so uh, Bundesliga will be back it'll be it'll be fun to watch I I think it's more a case study though than anything Sophie watching Bundesliga and sort of see um, how they go about things and what happens in adversity and I honestly thought some of the the positive tests they were going to get would derail the Bundesliga coming back and therefore everybody would sort of get derailed and that has not happened so it's interesting to see the acceptance of that in the sporting community to sort of be like oh okay there were some positive tests, but we're just going to quarantine these teams. I think there was a team in Bundesliga 2 uh, who got quarantined and can't play for the next 14 days. Um, and so they're going to miss matches and they'll have to make those up. Like It's just that type of thing and understanding how things can go wrong and what to do about them is MLS will be on, hopefully, if they're going to do this, be on the leading edge of the United States. But they're going to have some guys who have already macheted their way through the tall brush uh, over in Germany. Um, and they'll be able to uh, sort of understand a little bit of, uh, of possibly how to do that. So um, yeah. all, all interesting things, all craziness. Um, but again, maybe a little bit of hope. Maybe there feels like something. The individual training Listen, feels hope like is a not, step. Hope is not a plan. Hope is not a plan, but it's a good thing, right? It, it, so it can get you out of bed it, in the morning. It can get <laughs> you out of bed in the morning. And But like that manager I told you about earlier on in the show, if a manager is breaking protocol to go buy aftershave or whatever it was he went to buy, right. what players doing? And we've yep, seen it. I know. You know, so yeah. this is this this could be a hot mess, all of it. Uh, oh, it could. Oh, it could. It could crash horribly. I mean, this could all end horribly. Um, you know, and yeah, hey, I, at that point, you know, I still get to talk about stuff on uh, on on the podcast. So, uh, you know, it'll exactly. be that. But I I feel like we're gonna get something positive out of this. I just maybe that's me just hoping because there's been so much negative and because we've been all cooped up in this in these houses for so long. And I even get to get out. And it's still, by the way, getting out does not necessarily solve these issues. I'm 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 warning everybody: stay home if you can. Uh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, things are things are interesting right now, and I think they'll continue to be interesting. We'll keep watching uh, the LA Galaxy individual training there. Season ticket member uh, emails went out. We got that rivalry week. A little bit of the uh, MLS 2016. Sophie, we covered a lot uh, in just about an did, hour or a little over all. an hour. So I, I think I think we're good. Anything else? You good? I'm good. You know, just uh, 
just really um you know i was thinking the other day i even i'm i just miss going to the games i just miss seeing yeah. everyone and just that normal stuff that sometimes we take for granted and if ever there was a big lesson throughout all of this is the things that we just love doing we can look back on now and maybe going forward if we get them back again anytime soon we won't take them for granted I know, Sophie, you and I don't live that far away from each other, and we were planning before this to, like, go meet up for drinks or have dinner, and, and then you could see the kid and, you know, all that, and we haven't been able to do that, but uh, no. at least every once in a while I get to connect with you on here, so that's, it's a little bit, for you and I, we have a lot of interaction with all of the other hosts, that's kind of fun, that's a little bit better, but yeah, I'm missing people, uh, I need to get out, I, I need, I need, I'm a, I don't know if you knew this about me. I'm a look at me person. Have you heard this? There are two types of people. There's a there's a look at me and there's an I see you, right? And so uh-huh. my wife is an I see you, which works well for me because I'm constantly shouting, look at me, look at me. And she goes, I see you. And I'm like, that's how our relationship works. Um, it's wonderful. Um, but yeah, uh, I so I need that sort of interaction with people because I want to be like, hey, look at me. That's my, that's my personality. Um, I love so, it. So yeah, I'm missing that. I'm missing that right now. I get it, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I see yeah, you so. though. I see. Thank you. you. I see you too, Sophie. You can you can have both. <laughs> all right, it can go both ways. So we're we're good. All right, uh, Sophie, why don't you tell people where they can find you? We'll get on out of here. Yeah, cool. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Soccer Diva and uh, also at Highbury Squad if you like like a little Premier League talk too. Um, so yeah, always appreciate being on the show and talking to you, Josh. You're doing an awesome job. Thank you so much, mate, for having me. Thanks, Sophie. Love you much. All right. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at JGuessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Cornerofthegalaxy.com will have Mr. Larry Morgan's article up there in just about uh, 20 or 30 minutes after we're done recording the show. So check that out. And of course, we'll continue to bring you coverage as the LA Galaxy possibly get ready for a move to Orlando for this tournament if uh, the Players Association decides to All right. For Miss Sophie Nicolau, I'm Josh Guessman. You can listen to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo. And on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.